This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads at our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Jesus, like scripture as a whole, sometimes said things that you might say were very strange sayings. Things that, on the face of it, almost contradicted themselves or made no sense. I think perhaps the one that most comes to mind, perhaps and Jesus used it a few times, is the first shall be last and the last first. But I think this was deliberate. I think Jesus and scripture does this for a very deliberate reason. Like the story that Jesus used to illustrate his teaching, the parables, these things are not immediately obvious for a purpose. If we just to turn to Matthew's Gospel in chapter 13, we, we see that following Jesus' parable on the, the sower, his disciples ask him why he talks in this way, why he's almost deliberately being obscure. Matthew 13 and from verse 10. Jesus has given this parable about a man who's sowed seed and the disciples come up to him in verse 10 and say Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven but to them it is not given. For whosoever have to him shall be given and he shall have more abundance. To whosoever have not from him shall be taken away even that he have. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. As at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Jesus says that he speaks in this way to tell who is really interested and open to the teaching of God. Because when we're faced with a parable or one of these sayings of Jesus that we have for consideration today, well, we can react in a number of ways. We could just dismiss it as nonsense. Say, well, that doesn't make sense. Carry on and ignore it completely. Or we could try to understand it by looking at it in the light of our own wisdom or the wisdom of man in general. But that is fraught with danger when we look at the verse in Matthew 8 about taking up our cross. I mean, that's led to much human folly. We've had people seeking out martyrdom to die for Christ or been voluntarily nailed to the cross while still alive just because of this verse or we can try to understand it by looking at it in the light of when it was given of the rest of the bible itself and surely that's the best and only way we can understand what jesus was saying but of course even if we do that even if we look at it in that way we still have a choice to make don't we because even if we look at it in the proper way we can still decide to dismiss it to think, well, I don't want to, to go along with that. It doesn't agree with what I believe in. We have to have an open mind 
when we listen to what Jesus is saying to us. So what is Jesus saying now? Our verse or the title comes from verse 35 of Matthew, uh, sorry, Mark chapter 8. I'll just read it first in the authorised version, Mark 8 verse 35. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. I'll just try and put it into my own words, my own version if you like what I think Jesus is saying there is whoever when faced by persecution because of Christ and the teaching of God carries out actions to save himself by denying Christ he will in the end still die and have no hope of, of a future life however whoever dies due to his following of Christ and the gospel he will be saved now that doesn't mean that if we find ourselves in a dangerous situation because we are following Christ that God will intervene and save us there and then. When we apply these words to Christ who literally took up his cross as it refers to in verse 34 of course God didn't intervene at that point to stop him dying did he? He allowed him to die. But Christ was raised from the dead to die no more and that's the type of salvation that the verse is referring to I'd say now the word lose there in that verse when it talks of his losing his life that word lose there means to destroy fully and therefore when we talk about losing life we are right I think to take it as meaning dying or, or death it also talks about losing it not just for Jesus' sake but the gospel's sake Gospel literally means good news. And I think it comes up a bit uh, linked to verse 38 where it talks of as being ashamed of me and of my words. So the gospel there is linked to the, the words of Jesus and to the Bible as a whole. Save in our verse, verse 35, means to deliver or to protect. So we may not be protected in every situation but we will be delivered from the grave. As it says of Christ in Acts chapter 2, no need to go there, and it's actually quoting from the Psalms, because they will not leave my soul in hell or the grave. So what it's saying is Christ was delivered from the grave, resurrected, and those who follow him can also be resurrected, delivered from the grave just as he was. If we take the verse in context, Jesus carries on, doesn't he, in verse 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And we saw soul there in that quote I gave from Acts. It spoke of Christ's soul. And it's the same word we have there in our reading in verse 36. We can't read anything special into this word soul, however, that word translated soul in Acts and in Mark 8.36 exactly the same word we find in verse 35 as translated life. It's found in many places just to, to give some examples. The first one you may recognise is from the, the Christmas record in Matthew 2 verse 20. It's the angel speaking to Joseph about Jesus. And after they fled from Herod into Egypt saying arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel. 
for they that are dead which so for they are dead which sought the young child's life and that's the same word as here soul so those who sought Jesus' life were now dead similarly in Paul's life in Acts chapter 20 verse 24 Paul was faced with a situation that Jesus kind of was referring to in our reading he was there in a dangerous situation and Paul says but none of these things move me neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God neither count on my life or my soul it's the same word again dear there's nothing immortal about this soul that's been referred to in our verse it just means life and as Jesus says it can be lost 30, verses 36 and 37 really are just expanding what Jesus says in verse 35 aren't they Jesus gives this saying in verse 35 and verse 36 and 70 he's kind of expanding upon it for what should it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul or for in exchange for his life now we may make great wealth for ourselves by pursuing the things of this world and thus avoiding any prejudice or persecution that being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ may bring and though we do that though we make ourselves great wealth though we gain the whole world as Jesus puts it there we still shall die shrouds of no pockets is a, as a saying you may hear people say and a, probably a great example of what Jesus is talking about here can be seen in history of the Greek general Alexander the Great this general had unprecedented success the Persian Empire he took over and then he spread it from the far west in the Mediterranean to the edges of India but despite that despite nearly ruling the whole world as it then was it gave him no satisfaction in fact it said that he mourned that when he took over the last areas that he had nowhere else to conquer and then at the early age of 32 he died with no hope for the future not even any children to divide the empire up between on his death there was a man who gained the whole world but lost his life Jesus in fact tells a parable along similar lines in Luke's gospel in chapter 12 Luke chapter 12 and verse 13 It's just giving the, the background to the parable. So Luke 12 verse 13. And one of the company said unto Jesus. Master speak to my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him. Man who made me a judge or divider over you. And he said unto them. Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. 
And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul, or life, shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. we turn back to Mark chapter 8 let's just look at the verse before the one we were considering just to put the, the final context to it verse 34 he asks here he's, those who would follow him to take up their cross and follow me when he called the people unto him with his disciples also he said unto them whosoever will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Follow me literally means to walk in the same way, to walk with Jesus. We're not literally asked to take up a cross to be crucified or seek martyrdom. Though for some of Jesus' followers, certainly in the early first century, that was their fate. Taking up the cross is not how Jesus died. Jesus died on the cross. His taking up of the cross was an acceptance of his fate. He took it up and he walked to his death. He could have, as he says in Matthew 26, called upon 12 legions of angels to save him from crucifixion. But he didn't. In acceptance of his fate, he picked up the cross and walked to where he was to be killed. I'd say it's an acceptance of his, a figure of the acceptance of his fate, what he had to do in that situation to fulfil what God wanted of him. He had to die for us, and therefore he took up his cross. Now, in our lives, we may have to face certain situations for Jesus and need to accept them and not turn away from them. And that's our taking up of our cross, in whatever form that may take in our lives. To follow that example of accepting what God has laid out for us, however unpleasant that might be. We could perhaps see that in the wider context of what prompted Jesus to say this. Let's go in at verse 31 of the chapter. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, etc. Jesus there had outlined that he would need to die that literally he'd have to take up his cross and then die for those who followed him. Peter here stands in the way of this. He tries to save Christ's life in the way that would ultimately mean he lost it, for he didn't do what God wanted him. And it was in a way that would also lose the lives of all men. We can actually see it worked out in the life of Peter until he learnt this lesson for himself. For in verse 34 it says there, doesn't he? Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. 
So Jesus says that those who would follow him must deny themselves. And that means to deny utterly. A complete and utter denial of what they want. Just as Christ was to do in going to the cross. Not my will, but yours be done, was Jesus' cry in the Garden of Gethsemane. You face arrest, death, and truth. But that word deny appears again in Peter's life at a time of great trial for Jesus and for those who followed him. If we move on in Mark's Gospel to chapter 14, we can see this. Mark 14, verse 27. This is on the night that Jesus was to be betrayed. Mark 14, verse 27. And Jesus saith unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. But after I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, That this day, even in this night, Before the cock crow twice, Thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. And if we move on to uh, verse 66, we can see this played out the next morning, well, later that night. Verse 66. As Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also wast with Jesus and Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch, and the cock crew. And the maid saw him again, and began to say to them that stood by, This is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little while after, they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. The second time the cock crew. And Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him, Before the cock crowed twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. When he fought thereon, he wept. Peter was ashamed in that very dangerous situation of his association with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he did not deny himself, as Jesus said, that followers of him must do. But instead he denied the Lord Jesus Christ three times. And I said there that Peter was ashamed of his association with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's the word that Jesus uses of those who would try to save their lives by denying him. Back in Mark chapter 8 and verse 38. Mark 8 verse 38. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Jesus calls that generation in which he lived adulterous and sinful. Now we could show from the Bible that all men are sinful, but are they all adulterers? Well, adulterers 
or adultery is used by God in the Bible as a way of describing the people who don't act faithfully towards him who put other things before their relationship with God he calls himself their husband and therefore if we go after things instead of him then we are being unfaithful to our husband in many places it refers to the people of Israel going after other gods after idols and James in his letter associates this with ourselves no need to turn there but in James 4 verse 4 it says ye adulterers and adulteresses know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God so those who try to gain the whole world as Jesus puts it in our little section those who try to save their lives at the expense of their friendship with God and with their friendship with the Lord Jesus they are adulterers and so these words of Jesus apply as much as to us nowadays as they did to Peter who was to deny him and to the others at that time we cannot be ashamed of Jesus and of his words they are the only way we can be saved the apostle Paul wrote to the Romans for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek the apostle Paul took notice of those words of the Lord Jesus Christ as he faced his own death as a follower of Christ he wrote in his second letter to Timothy the following words 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 8 be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me his prisoner but be thou partake of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God and again in that same chapter verse 12 for the which cause I also suffer these things nevertheless I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day scripture is very clear we cannot save ourselves as Jesus said there didn't he what shall a man give in exchange for his soul there is nothing that a man can give to, to buy his life for the future but God and his son did it for us greater love have no man than this said Jesus that a man lay down his life for his friends and if we try to follow Christ not to be ashamed of him then he will not be ashamed of us when he comes back Hebrews 2 verse 11 says for both he that sanctifieth that's the Lord Jesus Christ and they who are sanctified that's us if we try to follow him are all one for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren and later on in Hebrews it says in Hebrews 11 verse 16 talking of all those who have gone before but now they desire a better country that is a heavenly one so these people of old who followed the God didn't try to gain the whole world to, to save their lives but now they desire a better country that is in the heavenly wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for we have prepared for them a city so let us not be ashamed of Jesus and of his words 
but try and find out what they really require of us and commit ourselves to that whatever that may lead us and only by that can we get true salvation we hope you enjoyed that talk for more downloads videos information about what we believe and details of our meeting times go to our website ormskirtchristadelphians.org.uk Thank you.